Well, good morning and welcome to Belong Church. I'm so glad that you're with us today, and it's just awesome that we're taking this journey together. We talked last week a lot about a journey, and you'll notice that we have changed our set around a little bit, and you'll see it probably changing a little bit more, so you have to let us know what you think about this format. And It's something new. It's something to change it up, but it's also a little bit more personal, we think, so we're really excited about it. Last week, if you missed the the message, you may want to pause right now and go back and listen to it first, because while I'm not entitling this part two, it is absolutely picking up with where we left off last week. In fact, last week, you will see and remember that we talked about in Hebrews 12 is called the Hall of Fame of Faith. And we've looked at really, really in depth about what the word faith means and is laying the table and really setting the table for where we're going today. So I'm going to recap a little bit, but I really strongly encourage you to go back and and maybe even listen to it a couple of times because some of that may be new information and it may take a little bit for your mind to kind of get switched around and to kind of sync up with what God is truly saying. But in verse 2, we see that let us keep looking to Jesus. Set our focus on Jesus. And that's number one. That's the best thing we can do no matter what. No matter what things we're facing in life, keep your focus on Jesus. Because no matter how big the, the trouble and no matter how big the struggle, the attacks, whatever there would be that comes, if we keep our eyes on Jesus, it's all going to work out fine. It continues on to say, because he is the one who started this journey of faith. And we looked at that in great, great detail last week. And we looked at how that faith is like a seed that's planted and you got to do it the first time. And he's the one that's right there ready to start this journey with you. But it requires you, requires me, to take this journey and to take that step. And we saw last week, it requires us to take the next step. And then the next step. And we saw how the disciples got into a a situation when they were just trying to jump out there. But the rest of verse 2 says this, and I want to focus on that a little bit more today. And that is this, and that he, Jesus, is the one who completes the journey of faith. In other words, he's the one who started it. It's there. It's laid out in front of you. Would you like to take this journey with me? God is always there with his hand out extended, ready for you to come along. He helps you get started, but he doesn't leave you just to figure it out on your own. In fact, he's the one who completes the journey. He's there from the start all the way till it's completely done. And when it's completely done is your last breath here on earth, and then we're escorted into heaven. But the whole thing is that journey of faith. Last week we saw the disciples were stepping out and and he sent them out. It's the end of Jesus' ministry. And he's really about to go to the cross and he's realizing, hey, I've got to step it up and get you guys doing there. And I'm not going to retell the story, but they went out and they didn't meet with success and they brought the, the boy back to Jesus. Again, go back and listen to last week's if you missed it. And Jesus' reply in verse 17 is you unbelieving or meaning the opposite of faith. That means you're not persuaded and you're not convinced. How long shall I keep going with you? And in verse 20, he says, it's because of the smallness of your faith. When they came to him and said, Jesus, why did it work for you and it didn't work for us? And he says, because of the smallness 
How little you have let your being persuaded. You're still over here just not believing on everything. We saw that Jesus then went on to say that if you have faith the size of a mustard seed, which is the smallest of every seed, that you can do the most amazing, gigantic things. But that requires it to be planted. And you and I are also in that same category that we are required to be planted. We can't just be out here wandering around anywhere. That's why it's good to get to be a part of a church, even a digital church like we are, to say, hey, man, I'm going to commit to 52 weeks just to get started. That's not for religious reasons. That's not for a checkbox. That's not to say, oh, I went to church today. It is to help our mind get enlarged and to help the seed that is planted a faith inside of us to grow. And it grows a little bit this week and it'll grow a little bit more next week. And as you're reading through the one-year Bible and you're pulling out your phone, you got our app on there and you can read through the one-year Bible. And maybe you listen to a previous message or maybe you're having a difficult day and you just go back and look through and you see one that jumps out. It's kind of the topic of what you're going through. And you're like, I'm going to listen to that. And that is putting water and it's causing the, the growth of of the seed of faith inside of you to grow. We also saw that faith without works is dead. In other words, you can have that seed, but if it never gets planted and you don't do anything, and it requires action. If you don't ever do anything with it, it's never going to do anything for you. Faith without action is dead. Has no consequence. It doesn't change your life. So if I can be so bold, if you simply say a prayer to ask God into your life and you take no steps to walk in his ways, to learn what he has for you, to learn what has happened to the other people that's gone before us to help and strengthen you, if you never plant that seed, yes, you'll go to heaven. But are you going to experience the fullness of life? The life to the most abundant that John 10.10 is talking about? I want to encourage you. Just me and you right now. I just want to encourage you. It is necessary to take those steps. So that's why I don't want you to listen to the message so we see a metric that we see, oh, this many views. That this many on Facebook, this many over here, this many on that, and look how big, and it's not about any of that. If I can boil it down to this, it's simply about you. It's simply about me. Where's my faith level? Where is my faith level? Is it still the little seed that's just sitting here in my hand that hasn't done anything? God gave it to me. He, he started off this journey and said, okay, here's the seed that, that I've given to everyone the same measure. I've given this to you, and you just sit there and hold it in your hand and look at it for your entire life. It's not going to help you at all. But when you say, okay, God, I'm going to step out. I'm going to take this journey with you because I'm going to trust you that you're going to be with me until the very end, just like it says in Hebrews 12. Verse 2, and you plant it. You say, okay, God, I've got this situation, and, and how am I going to do this? Okay, 
And, and I'm not going to go the cheesy wristbands, what would Jesus do? But God, what, what would you, how would you do this in this kingdom where you're living over here? I put some actions to my faith. And then the smallest of things happen. In verse 2, it says, For by it the men of old gained approval. We looked at this in great detail. And they bear witness or they testify to us. In other words, you read through the Old Testament, you read through the New Testament, and you see some of the stories that they went through, and it's mind-blowing. Michael and I talked a few weeks ago about how there's crazy stories in the Bible. If you read the Bible justifying all the crazy, man, it's worth it. But there's stories, and you look and go, man, how in the world are they going to get out of that? Better than any reality TV, better than any plot that any writer could come up with is the real life that happened to the men of old, the people in the Bible. We looked at last week, uh, the perfect example of this illustration is David. And I, as tempted as I am to get back in there, because it just energizes me. We saw that he came as a shepherd boy out guarding the sheep. He came upon a lion. <laughs> Again, I got to say it this way, a lion. And, and here he's this little boy, and, and he goes, and he's convinced that God is able to help him. And so he goes, and he rescues, him, and then a bear comes, and he rescues him with a bear. And again, I'm not going to retell the entire story. And then when he sees Goliath, he goes, God did this, it was impossible. And God did this, which is impossible. And that looks impossible too, but my God is still bigger. And so he went out there and you know the story. It's not that he's that great of a shot with a slingshot. It's that his faith was in God and God was able to direct and cause everything to hit the right way. Continuing on today, looking at verse four, by faith... Abel, but now I'm going to re, I'm going to switch some of the words up here by being convinced and by being persuaded. Abel, well, who's Abel? Abel's in the very, very, very beginning of the Bible. There's Adam, there's Eve, there's Cain, there's Abel. So he's the fourth human being ever. And it goes on to say that he was persuaded and convinced in knowing what God wanted for him, literally planting seeds in the ground and, and producing it to give an offering to God. And it was by that being convinced that he knew what he was going to do. And his brother thought, hey, it'll be bigger. It'll be better if I go over here and do this slaughtering of these animals. And he brought it in. God wasn't happy with that offering. I'm sure you know the story. They end up getting upset with each other and Abel's offering was accepted and Cain's wasn't and Cain killed Abel. Verse 4 in Hebrews 12 lists Abel. The very beginning. By being convinced and being persuaded. So in the very, very beginning. This isn't anything new. The last breath of anyone on the earth is still going to be faced with, are you being convinced and are you being persuaded or are you having no faith or little faith that it doesn't work for you? Verse 5, being convinced or persuaded by faith, Enoch, and I'm not going to spend a lot of time on this, but Enoch is said to be the most perfect man 
who walked on this earth. And so much so that God didn't let him die. He was escorted into heaven. Elijah and Enoch are the only two who never died. There's no death certificate for them. They didn't end their earthly habitation and translate. They translated immediately. That's amazing. Verse 5, and how did that happen? Also in the book of Genesis. How did that happen? By being convinced. By being persuaded. And look, the next verse comes right in there. And without faith, without being convinced, without being persuaded, it is impossible to please him. Him who? Him God. Him Father God. He's up there in heaven. And he's like, I've got this journey here for you. And I've got all of this, I've uh, let other people go before you that you can look and look to them and see how they did it. And it can get you all energized and charged up so you're able to do it all. But if you don't take that step, it's impossible for you to reach a pleasing place with God. Now, I'm not talking the pleasing kind of thing where he says that I'm pleased with you. Can I tell you like this? He wants you to live in this place that you're living life to the full, the most amazing, abundant life, John 10, 10 says. And it's impossible to get there if you don't plant that seed. It's impossible. And look at the next part of that. And he who comes to God. So if you're coming to God, and maybe you're still checking it out and you don't really know, or maybe you're kind of new to faith and you, you said the prayer a couple of weeks ago and maybe you haven't even texted the little thing that I always say because you're still just like, I'm still not really sure about it. Or for me, who got saved when I was seven years old, I said the prayer when I was seven years old and I, and I said it a whole bunch of times after that. But it doesn't matter. It says, for who, he who comes to God must believe. This is a requirement. You must believe, number one, that he is. And, and if I can just boil it down to the most simple of things, so many people that I talk to say, I'm not really sure about God. I'm not really sure that Jesus is it, or I'm not sure about all this stuff, but I'm sure there's somebody out there. I, I don't believe we're just all here by accident. I don't believe, hey, you're almost there. You've got to believe that he exists. He is. Look at the rest of that. And he, God, is a rewarder of those who seek him. Can I say it like this? You've got to believe that there's a God in heaven who loves you. And when you seek him, he's going to let you find him. He's going to be there saying, I'm not playing hide and seek with you. When you seek me, you're going to be rewarded with finding me. Verse 7 continues on. By faith, by being convinced or persuaded, Noah. We're going to be talking about Noah real soon. It's one of my favorite messages I've ever um, preached. It was back in Florida, and it, it's so dramatic, and I, I don't really quite know how I'm going to do it here. And We're going to use the green screen behind me to actually change the background to show some water and some other stuff. It's going to be pretty cool how we're going to do that. I don't know which week we're going to do that, but we're going to do that soon. But Noah, 
get the numbers. Here's the preview. Here's the, the thumbnail, the cliff notes, if you will. Noah was 600 years old. 600 years old. When God came and said, this is what I want you to do. And that's pretty significant all on its own. But then it took him 120 years to do it. In other words, he was 720 years old when we know the, the rains came. Meanwhile, he's building a boat, never having seen rain, never having seen any water, never having seen anything that would float a boat. But he was convinced. He was persuaded. By what? By all the things that he had seen. Noah is an extraordinary um, example, again, because it says that he was the only one found good on the earth. How was he convinced? How was he persuaded when the Bible says he's the only one? Interestingly enough, it didn't say his kids are. Doesn't even say his wife was. It says Noah was the only one. I'd like to think it includes his family. But he was convinced and persuaded that he spent 120 years doing hard labor building an ark. Verse 8, by faith, by being convinced or persuaded, Abraham left everything he knew and followed God. He, he left his family. He, he took one of his family members he wasn't supposed to take, but, you know, that's a whole other story for another day, someday. What persuaded him? His relationship with God. Abraham had one of the most amazing relationships, and you read the story, and you see how God spoke to him, and God interacted with him the most like a man talking to another man, a man talking to his friend. He was convinced, he was persuaded to set out and leave everything behind and to take this journey. Verse 11, by faith, by being persuaded, by being convinced, Sarah, Abraham's wife, had a child. But hold on, time out, pause. Genesis 18 tells this story in verse 12 that when she heard at the ripe age of 100, hello, she's 100 years old, and she hears that God is going to fulfill a lineage, lineage through them, through her having a child. Verse 12 says, she laughed. Abraham didn't hear it. God heard it, and he said to Abraham, why did Sarah laugh? He went and asked her, he goes, hey, God says you laughed. Why did you laugh? She was like, I didn't laugh. God's like, verse 14, he asked Abraham, is there anything too difficult for the Lord. And, and I just want us to s just kind of calm down for one second and think about that. It says that by faith, Abraham, and by faith, Sarah. But God is asking him, Abraham, is there anything too difficult for the Lord? 
So let me ask you. We're all faced, faced with situations of being convinced or persuaded or having faith. We're either going to plant that seed or we're going to just hold on to it and admire how beautiful that seed is. But it doesn't affect your life. So what you're going through, is there anything too difficult for the Lord? You say, man, this is a big situation. Yeah, that was a lion. You don't understand how big this thing is. It's bigger than me. Yeah, so is the bear. But you don't understand, Pastor Kevin, because, yeah, because Goliath was 15 feet tall. God asked Abraham long before any of these, is there anything too difficult? Right now, I think you need to settle that question. Is there anything too difficult for the Lord? Now, the other interesting thing of the story of Abraham and Sarah. You see this all transpired in Genesis 18. And it wasn't until Genesis 21, a long time later, it says God did as he had said he was going to do. And she delivered a child, a boy, Isaac. And it's why it's Abraham, Isaac, and then Isaac had Jacob. And, and it continues on. And even the Jewish people today will talk about Abraham and Isaac and Jacob. See, God kept his word. But it started with verse 14 in chapter 18. Is there anything too difficult? Pretty sure Abraham, his mind might have been blown like, Perhaps yours is right now. Maybe you're even thinking, but, but you don't understand God. And, but is there anything too difficult? And I think maybe you're like me that you'd say, I know what the answer is. I know the answer is no, Pastor Kevin. But no you need to maybe write that down in your notes. Maybe on a three by five card, Genesis 18, 14. God is asking, where's your faith? Where's your convincingness? You're being convinced. You're being persuaded. It, where is it? Is there anything too difficult for the Lord? See, that's why in verse 17, Abraham gets mentioned another time in the Hall of Fame. By faith, by being persuaded, by being convinced, Abraham rose to the test to offer up Isaac. See, like David, Abraham had had this experience with God that he came through for him. He came through again and again and it keeps getting more and more and his faith is building and it's like that that seed that grows up inside of us that grows in the that little leaf coming up and then it goes into a bigger branches and then it becomes a stem and then it goes in and it's all, before you know it, it's a tree it's this gigantic thing that can weather storms see when he says Abraham I'm going to put you to the ultimate test I want you to take Isaac up this mountain and you're going to sacrifice him. Isaac wasn't a young boy. He was like in his 20s. 
So he had to convince his son, talking about being convinced, to go up there with him. And it says that Isaac said, hey, father, I see all the altar making stuff, but where's the sacrifice? He goes, God will provide it. See, he wasn't dodging. He knew that no matter what happened, he was so convinced that even if God asked him to do this incredibly off-the-wall, just crazy thing, and he obeyed, that God had a plan. That's some serious persuasion. That's some seriously being convinced. Will you bow your heads with me? Two weeks in a row now, we've looked hardcore at faith. We've looked at being convinced. We've looked at being persuaded. Last week, we looked at faith over fear, that fear is a spirit. Faith is a seed that we plant. And we let it grow, and it grows, and it increases, increases, increases. So where do you find yourself today? With just me and you and Jesus. Where do you find yourself today? Would you say that you've taken that seed and you've planted it? Or the measure of faith that God has given to all of us, you're just saying, I'm not sure. Maybe you would say, I'm still just checking things out, but today I'm ready to take that step and plant that seed and begin this journey. Remember we saw that it says that when you come to him, you've got to acknowledge that he is and that when you seek him, he's there. That means if you reach out to him, he's right there for you. No matter when you're hearing this message, he's there. Just waiting. See, he's already done his part. He's simply waiting on you. He's simply waiting on me. I invite you to say this prayer with me today. Not for my benefit, not for anything for me. Pastor Tad will often say, if I could take Jesus out of my heart and put him in yours just for a moment, when you experienced the love, the agape love, the the love that's wanting just to give you everything and not expecting anything in return, It would so change your life. You would be convinced. You would be persuaded. I want to invite you to take that journey, to step out and plant that seed. That's you today. I want you to simply say this prayer with me. Say, Father in heaven, I acknowledge that you are. And when I seek you, you are right there waiting. Right now, I choose to give up doing life my way. And I surrender my life to you. I ask you to forgive me for every time that I've missed it. Today, I receive your new life. Thank you, Jesus, for coming to give your life for me. Today, I give my life to you. And the best way I know how, I'm going to live for you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. If you said that prayer with me, 
I want to invite you to, I've already mentioned it, take the next step. And that's simply to text the word CONNECT to 469-289-1114. And though I say it every week, it's, it's nothing other than a text communication. It's a lines of communication for us to be able to communicate with you. No one's going to spam you. No one's going to bother you. It's simply just a way that we can let you know what your next steps are if you'd like to do that. Let's pray. Let's close in prayer. Father God, I just thank you so much for these series of messages, for these stories from the Bible, even as it says in verse 2 that it's what is there to help us and to encourage us. And they're testifying by their lives to us. Thank you for that. Lord, we we just give you all the glory and help us, as we looked at before, to lay aside the things that are making us stumble and to, to run. And Lord, that we're able to continue to move on. And Lord, that there's nothing too big for you. Lord, if nothing else, if that gets settled in someone's heart, it's all worth it today. There's nothing too big for you. Father, we give you all the glory and all the honor. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for joining us today. And I look forward to next week and and to see what we do different and changes. But I I enjoy the fact that we get to be here with you wherever you are, on your phone or on your laptop, on your your TV, wherever you're finding us. We're so glad that you're here. And, And I encourage you to take that seed and plant it today. Now watch to the end for ways that you can connect you can find, find us on social media and for ways that you can give.